You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Psalm 119, I'm going to jump right in, hope you don't mind. We're not even going to uh, taxi, uh, we're not going to prepare for takeoff, we're just going to launch. So verse 145 of Psalm 119, David says, I cried with my whole heart, hear me, O Lord, I will keep thy statutes. I cried unto thee, save me and I shall keep thy testimonies. Lord, I pray you'd speak to us as we look at your word tonight. Give me the words to say as I do my best to preach and to proclaim uh, the truths of your precious and holy word. I pray that you'd help me to stay out of the way, help me not to say anything that I should not say, but I pray that you'd help me to deliver your message. And I pray, Holy Spirit of God, that you would prick our hearts and, and guide us and, and show us some areas in our lives that need to be helped, some areas that need to be fixed, some areas that need to be changed. And I pray that we would, as your people, I pray we'd be pleasing to you. I pray that our lives would bring glory and honor to you. May that be our heartbeat. Uh, may that be our passion. Uh, may we recognize that we have been placed here on this earth for the purpose of bringing glory to our Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray these things in His precious name. Amen. Number one, I'd like for you to see David's devotion. He says, I cried with my, what's the next word? Whole heart. You know, I believe God hears prayer, and I'm thankful God hears prayer. I believe God answers prayer. I think there's sometimes where we don't even know what to pray for. We, we've talked about that. Have you ever had a time where you're praying and as you're praying, you, you yourself are stumbling over the words. It's like you're not even sure what to pray for because you're not even sure that's the best thing, but, but you're praying. Can I tell you, first of all, God knows what we need better than we know what we need. And God wants to hear us pray. God wants us to pray like a child who really doesn't even know what to ask for, but that child will pray. And guess what? Mom and dad, they know what the needs are. They know how to meet those needs. And I'm glad that our heavenly father, I'm glad that he gives to his children exactly what we need. But here's the thing I want to draw your attention to in verse 145. David said this, make no mistake. He said, I cried with my whole heart. You know, I think one reason that we don't see prayers answered sometimes is because we pray a lot of half-hearted prayers. And that might be generous. Maybe it's not even 50%. Maybe there's times where we pray and it's just more of a, oh, I guess I'll pray for this. Can I tell you, God wants us to be passionate. God wants us to be wholehearted when we pray to him. Why wouldn't we be such? If it's worth praying for, it's worth putting your heart into it. It's worth praying with everything that you have. David says, I cried with my whole heart. David was sincere in his prayers. David was passionate. It doesn't say that David used all of his voice. It doesn't say that he used all of his strength, but it does say when he prayed, he used all of his heart. I'm glad that God hears. Aren't you glad God hears everything we say? Aren't you glad that God knows everything? But David was seeking to get God's full and undivided attention. He said, God, I'm crying out with my whole heart. 
Micah is, is two years old. He's in the nursery, probably terrorizing the nursery tonight. But Micah is the youngest of five. He has four sisters. And his four sisters, uh, two of which are in here tonight, Lacey and Savannah, his four sisters love to talk. They love to talk a lot. They love to talk so much that Micah does not get time to talk or opportunity to talk unless he speaks up. And here are, here are some of his favorite sayings recently. It's my turn to talk. He will say that. He will, he will holler that. He will say, I need to say something. It's my turn to talk. You know why? Because what he has to say, he's passionate about it. He thinks what he has to say is important. And David is saying, God, I'm crying to you with my whole heart. Chloe doesn't quite do it like that. Chloe, her favorite is she'll come up to us and she'll say, can I ask you something? Sometimes we'll say, yes, you can ask us something and she'll forget what she was going to ask, you know, but she waited so long to ask. Here's what I love this one. She'll say, daddy, can I tell you something? And I'll say, sure. And she'll say, I love you, daddy. Can I tell you, I hope that we have some prayers that we pray with our whole heart. By the way, I hope there's times where we talk to God and we don't even ask for anything. We just say, God, I need to tell you something. I need to tell you that I love you. I need to tell you that you've been good to me. I need to tell you that I'm so thankful for what you've done in my life. David says, I cried with my whole heart. He says, hear me, O Lord, and I will keep thy statutes. I like this. David said, Lord, I'm asking you to hear me. And I want you to know that I'm listening to you. He said, I'm listening to your statutes. David says, I'm listening to your words. God, I am listening to what you have to say to me. And so I want you to hear me, but I want you to know, God, I'm listening to what you're saying to me. Many times, God is not able to hear our prayers because our sin separates us from God. I won't have you turn there, but Isaiah 59 is a great verse to look at when it comes to prayer. It says, God's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. Neither is his ear heavy that it cannot hear, but your sins have separated between you and your God and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Did you know David was saying, Lord, I need you to hear me and I'm doing my best to obey you. I'm doing my best to do what you've told me to do because David says, I don't want my sin to get in the way. I don't want my disobedience to get in the way. I don't want my wickedness to keep you from answering my prayers. That's a whole nother message, but many times our prayers are not answered because there is sin in our life. And before God is able to answer those prayers, we've got to come clean with God. We've got to get right with God. We've got to realize that uh, our sin grieves the heart of God. Maybe you've had a child uh, who has uh, maybe gone through a stage of rebellion. And obviously, uh, children do that, right? And, and, and that is human nature. Probably uh, most of you in this room, uh, you've been through that. Uh, I, they'll, they're probably watching the service, and I, I would tell him anyway, but last Sunday, Brother Dan was teaching in Sunday school, and he was talking about having an 18-year-old, and he was talking about some things that he expects from his 18-year-old, 
And then he said, matter of fact, he said, now, I didn't always do those things when I was 18, but, you know, I want my son to, you know, and we kind of chuckled about that. But, you know, if you have a child, and, and he wasn't talking about his son being rebellious or anything like that, but maybe if you've had a child that's been rebellious or maybe a child that's had a bad attitude, and they come to you and they start demanding something from you, you almost want to say, whoa, 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 stop. Let's back up the wagon. Let's try this again. Before you're going to answer a request that they have, you want to have a relationship that's right. You want to have a relationship that is restored. And before you're going to be quick to give something that is asked, you want to make sure that there is a, a, a channel of communication between the two. Number one, I see David's devotion. He said, I cried with my whole heart. Number two, I see David's desperation. He says in verse 145, I cried. It says in verse number 146, I cried unto thee, save me, and I shall keep thy testimonies. That word cried, it means to call out. It means to cry out for help. David cries for God to hear him, but now he cries for God to save him. He asked God to save him, and notice why it says in verse 146, he says, I need you to save me, I need you to rescue me, so I can keep thy testimonies. Isn't that a great reason for God to deliver us? Sometimes we pray that God will help us. God, get me out of this financial mess so I can go out and spend more money. God, get me out of this terrible situation so I can go have a good time. Wouldn't it be great if we said, Lord, would you please deliver me? Would you please rescue me? Would you please get me back on the right path so I could serve you more? So I could live for you, so I could keep your testimonies and keep your statutes, and so I could do what you've called me to do? Our prayers should be such that when they are answered, they pull us towards serving God and towards living for God instead of pushing us away from serving God. I see David's devotion, number one. Number two is desperation. Number three, I see David's darkness. Notice verse number 147. David says, I prevented the dawning of the morning, and there it is again, and cried, I hoped in thy word. Verse 148, David says, Mine eyes prevent the night watches that I might meditate in thy word. Now, to say that he prevented the dawning, what that means is that David was getting up even before the dawn. He was getting up before the sun came up. Verse 148, he says, Mine eyes prevent the night watches. He's saying, uh, Mine eyes were wide open. <laughs> I was wide awake even through the night watches. Well, we don't have the night watches now, uh, but in David's day, they had the night watches. The night watch, the first watch was from 6 to 9, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. That's the one I would sign up for. I think I could stay awake from 6 to 9 p.m. most nights. But I'll tell you, there's some nights where that 9 p.m. starts feeling late. Anybody know what I'm talking about? All right, there you go. Used to be I could stay up late. I could stay up till the wee hours of the morning, and I was great. Anymore, I'm grumpy, and I'm not good for much the next day, you know. But there was the first watch, 6 to 9. Then there was the second watch. They called that the, the midnight watch from 9 p.m. to midnight. That was the second watch. The third watch was from midnight till 
3 a.m. And then the fourth watch was from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Now, that's 12 hours. And here's what, if in case you were, you know, working on the math there, I want to help you out with that. That's 12 hours, you know, uh, four night watches, three hours each night watch. And you don't have to pay extra for the math class. I was just happy to throw that out there. But here's the thing. That's 12 hours. And here's what David said. I'd stay awake through all of it. He said, there are times where I couldn't go to sleep. I I tried, but my eyes were wide open even through the night watches. But here's what he says. Mine eyes prevent the night watches that I might meditate in thy word. Now, at first when I read that, I thought, David is saying I couldn't sleep, so because I couldn't sleep, I think I'll meditate on the word of God. You know, it's like counting sheep, right? If you can't sleep, then you gotta do something to fall asleep. But that's not what David's saying. He's saying, I'm staying awake and I'm staying wide awake through the night watches because I want to meditate on the word of God. Now, hang on. I, 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 don't, I don't mean to, to bog you down uh, with, with, with more and more in this one verse, but think about this. He doesn't say, I stayed awake through the night and I got up uh, real early in the morning and I did all those things so I could read the Bible Although reading the Bible is a great thing, right? We're for reading the Bible around here. That's a good thing to do. But he says, I'm not just reading it. He says, I am meditating. I just can't get it off my mind. It's like David's got a verse and he just keeps going over it in his mind. He just keeps chewing it over and over and over again. He just keeps thinking about it. He keeps dwelling on it. He keeps thinking about that truth and thinking about that, that message and thinking about that, that passage of Scripture. And can I tell you, there is a blessing that is promised, Joshua 1.8, for those who will meditate on the Word of God. You probably know the verse. It's a long verse. This might have been one of the verses that you'd have to say to be able to throw a a, a cream pie in somebody's face. Now, boy, I tell you, we don't promote violence and all that in in master clubs, but uh, I guess uh, that was some motivation there. But this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. I wonder if that's why David stayed up at night sometimes. I wonder if he remembered Joshua 1, 8 and said, hey, God promised if I will meditate therein day and night, that if I would do that, then the Bible says, thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success. So we see number three, the darkness, even though it was through the night hours, even though it was in the morning before the sun came up, David said, that is not going to stop me from meditating on the Word of God. What a blessing. Can I tell you, if you do not read the Bible, you're missing out on a blessing. But if you don't meditate on the Bible, you're missing out on a blessing. Because reading is so good, it gets the Bible in you. But once the Bible's in you, the more you meditate, the more you think about it, the more it can be applied and the more it can be helpful in every area of your life if you get in the Bible. Notice number four, David's duty. He says in verse 149, Hear my voice according unto thy loving kindness. O Lord, quicken or revive me, he says, according 
to thy judgment. Now, I like the first part of that verse where David talks about God's loving kindness. We all need God's loving kindness. We all need God's grace and God's mercy. But then David says, O Lord, quicken me according to thy judgment. Well, what is judgment? Judgment is justice. And David says, when I think about the fact that you are a God of justice, you are a God of judgment, he said, that motivates me. Now, I want to tell you, that ought to motivate you as well. That ought to motivate me as well. Yes, God is a God of grace. He is a God of love. He is a God of mercy. But did you know God is also a God of judgment? As a matter of fact, God is so much a God of judgment that someday every born-again child of God is going to stand before a judgment seat of Christ. And at that judgment seat, we will give an account for the things that we have done. The judgment seat is not a place of punishment. It's not a place where God sees if you've got enough good works to get to heaven. Oh, no, you don't get to heaven by your works. Hallelujah for that, or we'd all be on our way to hell. You get to heaven because of the grace of God, by putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. But the judgment seat is a place of reward. It's a place where our works will be tried. It's a place where we will receive crowns for what we have done. And the judgment seat of Christ, there won't be any snow jobs at the judgment seat. You and I, we can fool people down here, right? You can go through the motions. You can act like a certain way and talk a certain way and dress a certain way and do a certain thing. And you can fool people down here. But I want to tell you, when we stand before that judgment seat of Christ, the Bible says that our works and our motives will be judged, will be tried by fire. I want to tell you, God is a God of judgment. God is a God of justice. And David said, that is what motivates me. That is what quickens me to know that you are a God of judgment. We are not worthy to come before God in prayer. We are not worthy to ask God to answer prayer. We're not uh, worthy to receive answers to prayer. But yet notice, if you would, in verse number 149, David says, hear my voice according unto thy loving kindness. Aren't you glad in God's grace and mercy, he hears our prayer, he answers our prayer, he blesses us, he meets our needs. Hallelujah for God's loving kindness. We see the duty. Number five, we see the distance. It says in verse 150, they draw nigh that follow after mischief. They are far from thy law. Verse 151, thou art near, O Lord, and all thy commandments our truth. Here's what I want to say quickly about the distance. David says this. He says, I've got some people that are after me. And he says, God, they're getting close. Uh, they're, they're drawing near. It's like they're catching up, right? It's almost like I can't stay ahead of them. They're getting real close. But notice verse number 151. David says, Lord, I'm not worried about how close they are because I know you're closer. He says, Lord, I know that thou art near. I want to remind you, we have a God who is a friend that sticks closer than any brother. Doesn't matter how close the problems are. Doesn't matter how close the burdens are. Doesn't matter how close the enemies might seem. When you've got God on your side, you've got a God who is with you. And if God be for us, who can be against us? We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And then lastly, I see David's decision. 
He says in verse number 151, he says, all thy commandments are truth. Verse 152, concerning thy testimonies, I have known of old that thou hast founded them forever. Here was David's decision. You know what David said? I'm going to stick with this book right here. David said, this is the truth. He says, I have known of old. You know what that means? That means that David learned it when he was a youngster. That means that even as a child, David had a dad and he had a mom that taught him the word of God. Hallelujah for parents that teach their children the word of God. Hallelujah for Sunday school teachers and, and bus workers and master club workers and junior church workers. And thank God for people that teach children the word of God. David says, I have decided that your word is truth. He says, I have known of old that thou hast founded them forever. I'm thankful that the truths of the scripture are forever. I, I, love, I love studying in the book of Genesis because it's amazing to me the Bible doctrines that you find in the book of Genesis. If there wasn't pizza waiting for you, I'd tell you about a few, but I'm just gonna tell you one. How about this? How about the doctrine of the blood? Did you know there's only one thing that can wash away sin? And it is the blood. When Adam and Eve, when they sinned in the garden, there had to be an animal that was slain. And those skins were used for covering for Adam and Eve. When God required a sacrifice from Cain and Abel, remember that story? Cain brought the, the best of the crops and God was not pleased with that. Abel brought a sacrifice of an animal and the blood that was shed and God was pleased with that. I want to tell you this book right here, I'm glad that it is forever. And the truths of the word of God have been founded forever. Paul said this to Timothy. He said, Timothy, you consider yourself blessed because that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. Here's what the scriptures do for us. They point us to Jesus. They point us to salvation. They point us to our need for a Savior. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.